hello, hello, and welcome to the Love Doctor Podcast, research-informed advice that can lubricate any conversation about sex. My name is Leah Tidy, and I'm glad to have you here. Today on the show, I'm doing something just slightly different. This week, I am part of an online conference for the Canadian Association of Theatre Research, and I'm presenting a short video and podcast as part of that conference. Really, it's just an opportunity for me to discuss what it is I do and what my research is all about. I also have a link to the three-minute video in the episode description, where you get to hear from some of the folks who I work with. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, and if you are liking what you're hearing, consider rating the show and leaving a review, because I would super appreciate it. And without further ado, here's the show. Ever since I was a child, I have been fascinated with sex. From playing with my Barbie dolls to hearing about same-sex marriage when I was five, I have been intrigued by the relationships, experiences, and stories about sex. Now, given my interest, I decided to take a healthy sexuality class taught by Dr. Charlotte Lopey in the second year of my undergraduate degree. In this class, I was first introduced to older adult sexuality, and my eyes were open to the fact that, yes, older people have sex, and yes, they tend to enjoy it. The fact that older adult sexuality had never crossed my mind before was problematic. I may have come a long way from squashing my Barbies together and calling it sex, but what about our ideas as a society about older adult sexuality? I have been part of several intergenerational and reminiscence theater projects, and while love and romance are perceived as acceptable in these contexts, sexuality as an older adult was never discussed. As an applied theater practitioner, I began to wonder how my theatrical practice could be utilized to address social stigma of sexuality across a life course. However, working with older adults alone to discuss sexual health will not fully address social stigma and wider society that valorizes youth. Using a life course perspective that recognizes the importance of socio-historical context, I agree with Vissing's argument that patterns in relationships, communication, sexual behaviors, and use of healthcare services are established during adolescence. In fact, the lack of education, communication, and use of sexual healthcare services by older adults now is actually tied to youth socialization and the socio-historical context in which older adults were raised. Now, Vissing's argument lays the groundwork to consider how the behaviors and education of youth affect sexual health throughout their lives. Indeed, youth and younger adults have been revealed as being the least permissive of older adult sexuality. Even older adults often hold negative opinions of themselves and associate appropriate sexuality with youth. How then do we break the cycle of stigma experienced by older adults and held by youth who will become older adults themselves? Now, throughout this podcast, I'll share how an intergenerational community-based theater project entitled You're Doing What? At Your Age? may just be the answer to that question. Now, here's a brief outline of the project itself. In collaboration with students from Victoria High School and older adults from Victoria Target Theater Society, an older adults theater company that creates original performances addressing older adults' issues, the project team came together with intergenerational collaborators to collectively create a play and workshop about sexuality across the life course. The facilitator of the project, myself, along with Victoria High School drama teacher, Kim Schollander, project assistant from the University of Victoria, Alexandra Haupt, and sexual health educator from the Island Sexual Health Society, Jennifer Gibson, formed the interdisciplinary team that endeavored to create a safe and supportive environment to collaborators to learn about healthy sexuality and build a strong sense of community across generations. This work was also supported in part by the Government of Canada's New Horizons for Seniors program grant. 
Using community-based participatory research and arts-based research as my methodological approach, I was committed to transparency, addressing the topics collaborators identified, and being flexible to this emergent process of creation so we could foster community cohesion and ownership over the work. The intergenerational cast met once a week over four months to share stories, establish an intergenerational community, and create the final performance and follow-up workshop. Now, derived from Joe Norris's practice of playbuilding, the devising rehearsals demonstrated a constantly reflective practice, whereby stories were told, examined from multiple angles, and considered in terms of personal identity and how it affected the story. In order to ensure the safety of collaborators, I also chose multiple distancing techniques to discuss sexuality across a life course without delving into personal experiences. For example, I utilized storytelling, newspaper articles, music, dance, and improvisation to explore topics chosen by collaborators, and we collectively created characters in which to explore each of these topics. I then gathered our series of devised scenes, and as a group, we decided to place them into a play structure centered on the relationship between a grandmother, Grace, and her granddaughter, Jenna, who are both navigating the world of sexual health at 65 and 16. Now, while Grace struggles with feeling just like a teenager after having a one-night stand, Jenna is questioning her sexual orientation. The play also follows the stories of Jonathan, Grace's lover, as he discovers that he has chlamydia, and Sam, Jenna's boyfriend, who is learning what consent, or rather enthusiastic agreement, looks like in action. Interspersed with the quirky and charming hosts of the radio show The Love Doctor, the characters call in to ask advice on relationships and sex at any age. The play wove together verbatim dialogue created by collaborators in devising with themes of connection across generations, consent and enthusiastic agreement, navigating new sexual relationships, sexually transmitted infections, and emerging sexual orientation. Once the play was created, collaborators rehearsed weekly, and we invited various local high schools to two private performances and community members to our one public performance. Now, a unique component of the project was a follow-up workshop after the performances, that allowed audiences to interact with collaborators, explore themes of the play, and discuss their reactions to the performance. The follow-up workshop featured discussion groups led by intergenerational facilitators who chose the topics they wanted to explore more deeply with audience members. Working with an intergenerational group offered an opportunity to hear from those who were often left out of the conversation. Indeed, as one older adult collaborator stated, Society as a whole has poked fun at anybody over 60 having sex. That's crazy. You're finished. You're done. But what research is showing more and more, and actually we seniors are beginning to talk about more and more, is that we remain sexual beings all of our lives. I think it opens up more discussions with our spouses and maybe a lot more happiness. This research sought to shift our practice beyond didactic health messages and instead create a safe and engaging environment in which older adults and youth can destigmatize sexuality across the life course and spark maybe a lot more happiness. Based on my data collection and analysis, I identified three central themes that define the research itself. Community engagement, social stigma, and social change. Let's start with community engagement. From experiences of skepticism about how these disparate age groups could be brought together, building a strong sense of community was essential. Despite trepidation in our first intergenerational devising workshop, the forged connections across generations were exemplified in our final reflection workshop in January of 2019. By the end of the project, I was moved to see how this community had come together with several hugs and tearful goodbyes. 
the community-based aspect of the work was central to our success and underpinned the subsequent themes of addressing social stigma and promoting social change. The level of engagement between collaborators and each community partner created the foundation in which this group could begin to tackle the topic of sexuality across the life course to tease out how social stigma affects us and what we can do about it. As two audience members reflected, great to see the different generations come together. And it was wonderful to see and hear about the process of our intergenerational group over the months. Indeed, the intergenerational aspect of our work not only created a new community between youth at Victoria High School and older adults from Target Theatre, it modeled to the larger community of our audience members what connections across generations can look like. Collaborators were committed to this process despite various challenges in scheduling, school politics, arranging space, and differences in social and cultural beliefs about sexuality across a life course. Our decision to work from a place of playful engagement, using laughter and music to bring the community together, and a willingness to address a sensitive topic from a sex-positive approach carried us through several trying situations and hopefully inspired a continued conversation. This brings us to our second theme, social stigma. Our collaboration revealed significant misconceptions on aging, particularly the silence and lack of considering aging and sexuality together. For example, many youth collaborators stated throughout the process they had never thought of older adult sexuality, and it was apparent in our early intergenerational workshops that youth collaborators were shocked that older adult collaborators were wanting to discuss sexuality. After several intergenerational workshops, the honesty and respect in conversations was wonderful to observe, and Alexandra, Kim, and I remarked on how youth collaborators were eager for older adult collaborators' stories. Two youth collaborators reflected on the post-devising survey that, I've learned a lot from the seniors about their kindness for teaching us and telling us what is right to do and not to do. And, I never really thought about senior sexual health, but I've always been curious about sex ed back in the day, and I get to learn about that from the elders. However, one intergenerational community-based leader project cannot fix deeply rooted ageist assumptions and stigma. One audience member articulated the level of pervasive stigma that is often silenced and unseen. Lots of stigma, and even more than you think after talking about it. While there was a display of changed perspectives and sexuality across life course during our final reflection and post-devising survey, there were still instances of ageist stigma. Some youth displayed ongoing stigma about older adult sexuality, yet the focus of their concern was a need for comprehensive sexual health education. As one youth collaborator stated, We are very lucky with what stuff we have learned in school. While another said, The seniors had less knowledge about sexual health than we do now. Furthermore, one older adult collaborator reflected on what they had learned from youth collaborators with learn from youth? One interpretation of this comment could be age of stigma that dismissed youth as having knowledge worth sharing. Or perhaps the older adult collaborator wrote down the question when I asked it and decided to, forgot, or neglected to answer the question. While the mystery remains, the rest of older adult collaborators indicated their changed perceptions on what youth have to offer. Indeed, the important discussions and community connections fostered throughout this project promoted an avenue for social change. And that brings us to our last theme, social change. After considering my own intentionality and research findings, I believe that you're doing what, at your age, fostered advocates for social change. An avenue has opened up that was previously non-existent between youth and older adult collaborators, where expertise was acknowledged and education expanded. 
with the intention of offering theater as a tool to initiate dialogue and sexuality across a life course. The specific topics were identified collaborators themselves based on their own curiosity and desire to learn. Kim commented in our reflection video interview that our project allowed students to become educators too, and not just to be educated, which fostered ownership over what those conversations could look like. On what they had learned from youth, an older adult collaborator reflected that, I found it interesting that we seniors were able to discuss issues of sex with you. We talked, they talked. We laughed, they laughed. Who knew we could relate so well? On what youth had learned from older adults, youth collaborator stated, I think it changed my opinions on senior sexual health, and I'm surprised by how open everyone is when talking about this topic. Furthermore, an audience member reflected this sentiment in their comment about the follow-up workshop. Actors talked about how their own ability to talk openly has been impacted positively. As a researcher, I openly admit that I did a happy dance after reading these reflections. The self-identified recognition from older adult and youth collaborators that their own knowledge had grown from being part of the research and that audience members could recognize and benefit from that knowledge supports my belief that applied theater can act as a catalyst for change. With the rise of generational divide in the media and popular culture, we need more intergenerational connections. As a millennial, my generation is perceived as apathetic, addicted to our phones, and self-centered whereas older adults are often deemed as close-minded and ruining the environment. We only need to look at the rise of the phrase, okay, boomer, in social media to realize how divided we are becoming by age. However, you're doing what, at your age, offers promising intergenerational connection that defied ageist stereotypes about sexuality. A project was a labor of laughter that could not have occurred without each collaborator and our community partners. My gratitude can never be fully expressed for working with collaborators who left me with tears of laughter throughout our project. As one youth collaborator wrote, Thank you all for an amazing experience and opportunity. It was the most fun way to learn about new things, and you were all so much fun to be around. Indeed, the amount of laughter and fun can be summed up in this final story. After our script read-through in mid-November, I facilitated a group discussion on initial thoughts and asked if anything needed to be changed or clarified. We were discussing the party scene between Jenna and her boyfriend Sam, but one of Jenna's lines is, Can we keep this quick? I always feel like I need to know how to twerk or something to go to parties like this. We were deciding how to stage the scene when Maureen, an older adult collaborator, tentatively raised her hand and asked, Um, excuse me, what is twerking? I paused for a moment trying to collect my thoughts on how to possibly explain twerking without a demonstration. Twerking, according to the Urban Dictionary, is a dance that requires you to shake your booty up and down. While I pride myself on being a playful facilitator who is willing to look ridiculous so collaborators are put at ease, my twerking, it's not great. I was saved when Susan, another older adult collaborator, jumped up and said, Oh, really, Maureen? You don't know what twerking is? I'll show you. And started twerking for the entire group. After we were recovered from hysterical laughter and many of us attempting to twerk ourselves, we decided that in the spirit of accessibility and community engagement, the term twerk should be put in the program under our glossary of terms. Through laughter and playfulness, perhaps a radical foundation to change was laid through intergenerational twerking. On the next episode of The Love Doctor, I'll be sharing my conversation with Dr. Penny Wilson, and we'll be talking about birth control, barrier methods, and vulvas. If you have a question about any of those things, send me a voice memo to thelovedoctorpodcast at gmail.com and I will do my darndest to get it on the show. 
You can also check me out on Twitter or Instagram and send me a message because I would love to hear from you and your thoughts on the show. Till then, folks, stay healthy, stay safe, stay consensual.